You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Recording the Locked On Bears podcast during free agency is a dangerous game because I know as soon as I finish recording this episode, the Bears are going to make a deal with some player and everything I just recorded is going to be old news. That's the risk we run to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. On the show today, an update on the first day of NFL free agent negotiations, the so-called legal tampering period where None of the deals are official, but all of the details are worked out. And the Bears, starting off quiet, doing more of their behind-the-scenes work, reportedly in on a top quarterback option, a couple of top quarterback options, actually, a top offensive line option, getting one of their defensive linemen re-signed and letting another one sign elsewhere. Also, kind of playing the slow game with... The wide receiver market, as every team seems to be a little hesitant to hand out those big money deals just yet, just so fast to make those contracts happen. It's kind of an interesting mix here with an unprecedented drop in the salary cap, making teams hesitant to invest big money at certain positions and clearly not hesitant to invest big money at other positions. So we'll kind of recap a lot of what has happened and how the market dynamics will affect what the Chicago Bears want to do throughout the rest of free agency and even the NFL draft after that. We weren't really expecting the Bears to come out of the gate and be the big spenders that perhaps Ryan Pace has been in other years. Obviously some different financial challenges this year and perhaps bigger plans behind the scenes for a franchise-defining quarterback trade that all seems to still be kind of more of a, a dream at this point than an immediate potential reality. But the Bears were reportedly in on some of the deals for players that signed elsewhere or are still in on players that have not signed as of the time of this recording. The day started out with Ian Rappaport linking the Chicago Bears to Ryan Fitzpatrick and Andy Dalton as two free agent quarterbacks on their radar. Two names we've seen on the list all offseason and maybe have tried not to think about or tried to look for better alternatives to feel like you're looking for maybe something a little bit more of a clear upgrade over Nick Foles as opposed to other similar type of game manager quarterbacks with varying degrees of success through their own careers. And that kind of felt like it set the stage of what we were going to see from the Bears this year in free agency. But Ryan Pace threw a little bit of spice in there as well. It wasn't until later on in the evening, the New Orleans Saints re-signed Jameis Winston to a one-year deal worth up to $12 million dollars. A lot of that will ultimately end up being based on incentives for playing time, similar to the deal that Cam Newton got to come back to the New England Patriots, not guaranteeing him as your starter, but if he becomes the starter, he will earn significant bonuses to better compensate him closer to a starter. And I believe it was ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, who a little later on after that deal came, reported that the Bears were a suitor 
for Jameis Winston before he signed with the Saints, and he added the, the sentence, Chicago exhausting all options. And that word suitor is interesting here, and it backs up something we had heard. Uh, Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune briefly tweeted out something after Winston had signed, like there goes a potential plan B for the Bears, sort of hinting that he also had heard that the Bears were in on Jameis Winston. And I've advocated on this very podcast that I think Winston was the one free agent quarterback option with the ceiling to be better than Nick Foles. Obviously, there is big turnover potential with Winston, but I think the 30-interception season gets overblown compared to the greater body of work that we've seen from Jameis Winston. And we don't have to rehash the whole argument, but yes, he throws more interceptions, but he also is one of the more talented, physically gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just not always all there between the ears in terms of uh, football intelligence and decision-making. There's also very real off-field concerns that still linger with Jameis Winston from the sexual assault allegations from his time in college. It hasn't been an off-the-field issue in the NFL, but there's I would still call that a character concern given the seriousness of those allegations. But from an on-field standpoint... He's the guy that could really add some juice to this Bears offense and be exciting. And the fact that the Bears were some sort of suitor for him is interesting, right? They didn't. The Saints didn't pay an arm and a leg for Jameis Winston. You would think if the Bears really wanted Winston, they probably could have found a way to pay him more than the New Orleans Saints paid him. And maybe they offered more than the Saints offered him. We don't know. But I would guess Jameis Winston probably was inclined to take less money if that were indeed the case to return to New Orleans. He wants to play on a one-year deal, be a starter, play well in that Saints system, and then hit free agency next year when the salary cap will be much higher and really try and cash in as a quarterback. So I can see where maybe the Bears were a potential suitor but ended up serving more as a negotiating partner to try and get the Saints offer up a little higher, but I don't know how genuinely... Jameis Winston really wanted to leave the Saints to actually come to a team like the Chicago Bears. So we're kind of back in this Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick realm of free agent quarterbacks. If the Bears are even going to sign one of these quarterbacks that feels similar to what Nick Foles can do. But I think it only increases the importance of building that stronger supporting cast if your caliber of quarterback is going to be on this middle to low tier of starters in the NFL at this game manager level. And Ryan Pace not ruling out spending the big bucks to support whoever his quarterback is going to be. We'll dive into the potential left tackle upgrade the Chicago Bears are at least reportedly interested in next on Locked On Bears. The big college basketball tournament starts literally at the end of this week. So now is the time. You got to get your bracket bets in now at betonline.ag. They've got all of the first round action ready, including the play-in games with spreads, money lines, point totals, and so many more different ways to play. Your number one seed, Illinois Fighting Illini a 22.5-point favorite over Drexel in the first round. Yeah, shouldn't be too much trouble there. Shouldn't be too big of a surprise. But the surprises are going to come, and if you can point them out ahead of time, you could win some real money with the odds at betonline.ag. 
Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked On to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And you know, betting on college basketball or any sports doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Get daily picks, blowout specials, and picks for the wrong team favored, as well as Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. I'll tell you, I would not have bet that the Chicago Bears would be in the free agent pursuit of offensive tackle Trent Williams. Of course, the Bears need to find a new starting right tackle, but Trent Williams is the sort of, I guess, consensus top left tackle available on the free agent market, a player who is expected to command at least $20 million a year on the contract that he gets from another team. He was a longtime member of the Washington football team, missed all of 2019 with an injury, and then there was some back and forth with the Washington team doctors that Trent kind of refused to play for them at that point because he felt like he was medically uh, misevaluated. I'm not exactly sure exactly what went wrong there, but he wanted out of Washington and ended up getting traded to the 49ers this past year, had another elite season of left tackle play. 32 years old, he'll turn 33 later this year, but still absolutely at the top of his game on the offensive line. And the Bears need to make their offensive line better. They need to upgrade that in ways, as many ways as they can at this point. But paying a lot of money for a top left tackle was not one of the ways I would have thought the Bears would pursue. And that's just to say that they're interested, not that any sort of deal is immediately pending. Even by the time you're listening to this podcast, maybe Trent Williams will have his deal. But Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, among those who confirmed, Bears are suitors here and we know the range. I mean, Rappaport said it himself, 20 plus million dollar a year contract is the type of deal that Trent Williams is looking for. And so put two and two together, that's the money he's looking for. The Bears are interested. The Bears have to be interested in paying him that type of money. Obviously, that would mean the end of Charles Leno in Chicago. And maybe either way, that could indicate plans to move on from Charles Leno. But Ian Rappaport alluded to the idea that the Bears are only going to make that deal at left tackle if they think they can find a clear upgrade over Leno, which is like part of why I'm so surprised. Like, it's not like they released Charles Leno and need a left tackle. So, of course, maybe they're going to be in on the top left tackle. It's more like they're flirting with the idea of upgrading that position with a top flight player. But where this team stands now on the roster and financially that almost feels like a luxury, almost, right? You could release Charles Leno and save some money on the salary cap space, and then you can structure Trent Williams' deal to keep that year one salary cap hit low so you can make it work financially. It's not as though signing Trent Williams means you can't afford anyone else or you can't afford an Allen Robinson contract extension or that you couldn't afford Russell Wilson, for example. And maybe that's the allure, right? You sign Trent Williams to show Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, hey, 
we're serious about improving the supporting cast around you in Chicago, and that means getting a top-flight player at an absolutely premium offensive line position. I just can't help but feel like maybe I would look to upgrade right tackle as premium as you can and maybe upgrade center. You know, upgrade the spots that you don't know really what you have there at this point. You know what Charles Leno is, and you know what Charles Leno isn't. He is an average NFL starting left tackle. You can do a lot better than Charles Leno, and you can do a lot worse than Charles Leno. And the penalty concerns, a little overblown at this point. He had six last year that ranked like middle of the pack for offensive tackles. He, he gets beat sometimes. He wins sometimes. He gets the job done, and Trent Williams would be a clear upgrade over that. But I would almost rather have a more reliable right tackle and have two tackles I can kind of rely on than go all in on Trent Williams and try and patch together right tackle some other way. I mean, maybe you can make it work, right? And I don't want to put that as not a possibility. You can sign Trent Williams and still go out and get a right tackle upgrade, absolutely. But it's it's hard to see how this all pieces together without having Ryan Pace's full plan in front of him. And it's got to be kind of a weird feeling for Charles Leno to feel like, does this team want me or do they not? Because it seems like they do, but they're still kind of looking around at how they might be able to upgrade from me. So it could be a tricky game that Ryan Pace plays, but I will never complain about investing too much in the offensive line. Obviously, you don't want to overpay for a bad player, but that is not Trent Williams. And upgrading the Bears' offensive line will be absolutely critical, whether it's Nick Foles under center, whether they sign Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith, etc., whether it's Russell Wilson under center. Every quarterback needs good offensive line play. And Trent Williams represents a real upgrade over Charles Leno and a fairly safe free agent option, but one that's going to cost you quite a bit. At this point, I'm expecting that deal to kind of end up like what happened with Jameis Winston, where Trent Williams signs elsewhere, but the Chicago Bears were a quote-unquote suitor in that situation, and you end up kind of seeing the Bears still hovering around these deals, but not really striking and solidifying and locking in and getting the big deal done for the big-time player at the big-time position of need. Because we're seeing free agency play out at different speeds for different positions. A lot of pass rushers coming off the board right away and some fairly big contracts to players, including Leonard Floyd, who more power to him. Go get as much money as you can, Leonard Floyd. But I think the Rams way overpaid for what Leonard Floyd has been able to do in one year in Los Angeles. But we haven't seen wide receiver have the same kind of interest, despite a lot of talent still available and still out there. And I wonder if maybe this isn't playing into Ryan Pace's hands with Allen Robinson and the franchise tag. We'll take a closer look at that wide receiver market and how that applies to the Chicago Bears next on Locked On Bears. The start of free agency always has a thousand moving parts all happening at the same time. And nobody knows more about a lot of moving parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. It's your one-stop shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is so deep, but it's remarkably easy to navigate, too. You just put in your car's make and model, and then you can quickly sort between all the different parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Because a lot of the chain stores that sell parts 
We'll have different price tiers for professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com The college basketball bracket hasn't started yet, but we're deep into bracket season with the top flavors of built bars to truly find out which flavor is the best of the best we know all the flavors are good they're all low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber with 100 real chocolate covering the entire bar but it's about finding the best of the best and we're on to the sweetest 16 round with toffee almond matching up with mint brownie and i'll tell you what mint and a chocolate combination in a built bar is really hard to beat. And as much as I got love for toffee almond in my cupboard, it's mint brownie for me all the way. You got to head on over to builtbar.com or on Twitter at bar underscore built to join in on the bracket fun. And don't forget our promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. The most interesting position to watch right now in NFL free agency is wide receiver because it hasn't gone yet the way a lot of people around the NFL thought it would. I mean, this was a free agent class with a lot of talent. Even after Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin got franchise tagged, you have Kenny Galladay from the Detroit Lions, Will Fuller from the Texans, Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh, and, you know, Corey Davis from Tennessee finally signed with the New York Jets. But his deal was three years, $37.5 million, only a $12.5 million average for a guy that's not a clear-cut number one wide receiver, maybe more in that number two type range, but was projected to get more than that on the free agent market. And now it's like, wait, well, what is the market going to be like for all those other guys we just talked about? And then how is that going to then affect the market for Allen Robinson. Like all of a sudden, is this playing into Ryan Pace's hands? Did he have a better sense of what the wide receiver market was going to look like? We all could look at the free agent list and say, oh, all those guys, you're going to see teams get into a bidding war to get top wide receiver talent because you need playmakers in the modern NFL. And there's speed guys, there's number one receivers, there's jump ball guys, there's a lot of different flavors of receiver. And so far, the big deals have been Corey Davis for 12 and a half a year and Nelson Aguilar, formerly of the Eagles, most recently of the Raiders, now going to the New England Patriots. He's got $13 million a year. They also signed Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers right away. The Patriots randomly getting in on all of the free agent action. And all of these wide receiver deals seem to be on the lower end of the spectrum. Now, this could all change if tomorrow some team gives Kenny Galladay $20 million a year, and then all of a sudden Allen Robinson's agent comes to the Bears and says, see, I'm better than that guy. You better pay up. And then the Bears look foolish for having not extended Allen Robinson earlier. But Robinson's sitting on this $18 million franchise tag, which he has not formally signed yet and doesn't have any plans of formally signing anytime soon until he sees what some of these other wide receiver deals are going to be. Because comparatively, 
you know, a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster was projected in that 17 to $18 million type range for his next contract. Will Fuller, same kind of thing. Galladay in that, you know, 19, 20, 21 million a year type contract for him. So Robinson's looking at it and saying, yeah, put me in that 20, 21, 22 million dollar type range. And that's why he and the Bears have been so far apart in negotiations because the Bears are sitting there saying, we don't know if you're going to be able to get more than the $18 million franchise tag on the open market. And so it becomes this waiting game of, how much are these other receivers going to get paid? And that is that going to depreciate the wide receiver market? Or will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for example, work out a long-term deal with Chris Godwin, who they franchise tagged, and who is also expected to get up in this 20-plus million-dollar contract range? You know, if whatever the Buccaneers pay Godwin in his extension is then going to be what Allen Robinson is looking for in his contract. Like, whichever one of those deals happens first— will set the market for the other person. But if all of these other wide receivers start coming off the board at lower dollar values, all of a sudden that lowers the value of Godwin and Allen Robinson in their long-term contract negotiations. And so if you're Allen Robinson sitting on a one-year $18 million franchise tag, it's pennies difference than that, one-year $18 million, and the Bears come to you and say, see, other receivers are signing low, we'll give you a four-year deal for $18 million a year. Are you going to take that four-year deal at that price, or are you just going to say, you know what, screw it. I'll play this year on the franchise tag at $18 million, which is still a nice salary for a wide receiver. It puts him up in the top 10, but not right at the top of the market where he would want to be, and then enter free agency next year when the salary cap is going to take that bigger step forward as it's projected with new NFL rights deals with television broadcasting companies potentially expected to greatly boost the salary cap next year. If you're Allen Robinson, I think the worse this wide receiver free agent market goes, the more incentive you have to play on the franchise tag and not sign a long-term deal with the understanding that you can get an even bigger deal next offseason if the Bears aren't going to come and reach the value you feel like you deserve to be. Because as soon as you lock in at one number over the next four years, you're going to see every other contract keep going up and up each offseason, and that's all money Robinson could be missing out on if he doesn't have that opportunity to sign next year. It's a risk to play on a one-year deal on the franchise tag, but he played in the contract year this year and had a darn good season, and he's seen other players play on the franchise tag and earn themselves some pretty big money. So it's still a good position to be in for Allen Robinson, but I'm really curious to see how this free agent wide receiver market plays out, what happens with Chris Godwin's contract, and I think the Bears are going to wait for all of that before they make any long-term decisions on Allen Robinson's deal. There's still time for these wide receivers to get paid, and for Allen Robinson to get big dollar signs in his eyes and for the Bears to look bad. Like, they didn't get a lower deal done with Allen Robinson first, and we go into these contentious offseason negotiations where Robinson clearly isn't happy about the franchise tag, maybe demands a trade, and the team and the player are far apart on contract details. Still time for that. Still time for contracts to be deflated and for the Bears to end up maybe looking smart and playing this right and properly foreseeing a decreased wide receiver market to play the long-term value game here with Allen Robinson. So a lot still to develop here in the coming days. Buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be a fun time with NFL free agency. I hope you will subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast. 
to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. It's going to be all free agency all week long for us here. Hopefully, we'll get some kind of Bears contracts to actually talk about for tomorrow's podcast, but we'll keep an eye out on any and all developments surrounding the team, even if they're not out here being the big players in free agency. A little bit later on in the week, we'll have uh, some guests joining us, certainly any guests breaking down Bears signings, but also a fairly big-name, prominent sports guest from a certain four-letter network scheduled to join us later this week. I'm not sure if that's going to run on Friday's podcast or if we'll ultimately end up saving that for Monday. We'll see exactly how free agency plays out and how things go, but should have some fun things coming for you down the pipeline a little bit here. Exciting times. I hope you'll follow along with us to keep up with the off-season news and notes throughout free agency. A lot of NFL draft talk down the pipeline. It's the best way to kind of help yourself through this off-season where the Bears football updates can be few and far between. But I hope the podcast helps get you through and make it a little bit easier to bear down.